Well, my friends, it's Dave Sharp here back again for another episode of Wake Up Legendary. Yes, you guessed it. We have another amazing guest this morning. Her name is Christine. She's a full-time first grade teacher of 22 years. And now, now she's in the online education industry using our core four business models, courses, coaching, events, and of course, starting out with affiliate marketing uh, to spread her message and her knowledge and her wisdom. And she's learning new things and adding value to the marketplace and making a little moolah along the way. Christine, welcome to the show. Hi, good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be here. Oh my gosh, I'm thrilled to have you. And so what uh, state or nearest large city are you calling in from? I am in Canada. I'm in uh, Nova Scotia, Canada. So on the eastern coast of Canada. I'm in the hometown of Sydney Crosby for any hockey fans out there. Okay, great, great, great. Okay, so you're not you're you're uh, uh, not not a uh, not an American. You're a Canadian, and that's a beautiful. Thing. It sure is. <laughs> that's a beautiful thing. Uh, we have lots of wonderful Canadians in our community and on our team, and they uh, are all fantastic. And so I'm thrilled to be talking to you this morning. What led you to legendary? What were you looking for? Did you find it? I did, for sure. I have been in network marketing for close to 10 years and in the health and wellness space. And I just have always um, feel like I've been chasing entrepreneurialism. Um, my husband as well, we own a decking franchise um, since the pandemic. That's kind of a new thing. But we've both always been um, with good jobs, but always wanting to kind of create something of our own. And so I've been doing network marketing for close to 10 years. And I just really since the pandemic have shifted my um, focus. And I think the world has changed a lot. And I have found myself kind of looking elsewhere more so because I find that network marketing is kind of a team-based thing and I find it very um it's a different focus and so when I found legendary I just it was very kind of organic I saw people sharing about something online and clicked the link took the seven dollar course and couldn't believe that this whole world existed and I hadn't stopped wow wow so um this whole world of of, of digital marketing, right? Network marketing is such a belly to belly kind of offline business. Mm -hmm. And so what sort of light bulbs, what sort of aha moments, what was the big takeaways as you began to hear from people inside of our community and take the 15 day challenge? Um, when I started to, my husband always says that I give away a lot of things for free. I, in the, in the, network marketing space, if you're not doing personal growth actions, you're going you're, you're gonna to sink. And a lot of it is mindset. And so I, I'm also a certified life coach with health coaches in, um, institution and uh, industry. And I was helping people really for free to kind of attempt to funnel them into the services that I provided and never really had a way to create that system where people are signing up for the services that I could provide them. Even if I didn't have the services already created, I knew that I was giving away things for free. And I knew that I can and do coach people regularly on their mindset with their health and wellness as a teacher with products that I could very easily in my mind create and I never really had a way to make that happen. So when I started learning about affiliate marketing, 
and understanding that I could promote products for other companies, that I could kind of find a niche market that spoke to me. It started to open a lot of doors and I just, I don't know, there was just something about the community within this community that I felt like I was with a lot of people that were speaking my language and it just became a no brainer to take that course. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I have so such a similar experience with, you know, coming out of network marketing. I got started in network marketing when I was like 21, you know, I was in drug treatment. Um, many of you know, my story getting clean at an early age and some lady walked up to me, her name was Katrina, lovely lady and said, you know, I've been watching you across the room. You know, you seem like a sharp guy. I wonder if you keep your business options open. And I was like, <laughs> it's about time somebody noticed around here, you know, and uh, off I was, you know, I went over to her house for a in-person presentation, had no idea what the hell she was talking about, but I was like, I'm in, you know, mm -hmm. and that lit the bug that lit the fire in my belly for entrepreneurship. It may not have been the right business model for me long-term, but I'm forever grateful for that experience because it really did light that personal development and entrepreneurial fire in my belly. And, uh, and so I eventually found myself online trying to figure out how to generate fresh leads for that business on the internet. And that's what led me into this world 12 or 13 years ago. And you know what, what's crazy is the same exact thing is still happening with people. And it's not just network marketers who are coming online from all industries, trying to figure out how to generate leads and make money online. After the pandemic hit, it's people from all industries mm. and all verticals in all parts of the world who are trying to come online and, and figure out how to make money online and how to learn these skills. Um, are you surprised by the reception that you're getting online opposed to some of your efforts offline? Um, it's interesting because I, I, I talk to a lot of people and I'm somebody who for the last decade have been creating stuff on social media and I'm sure there are people who judge that. And, but what I'm finding now is that those same people will say things like, well, you have a following. Well, mm -hmm. and I don't have a very big following. Well, you're comfortable putting things on social media. Well, I could never do that because I don't have that experience all along. I've been building experience by doing personal development, listening to podcasts in the moments, in the mundane moments when I'm driving to work to build my mindset. And I think a lot of people think it's like horse before the cart. Like I have to have a strong mindset before I can do something like that. When really I think it's jump and then build your mindset as you go. And I think the world has changed a lot since the pandemic. I think there's a lot of um, tragedies, but I also think that we are learning differently. We're consuming information differently. Our attention spans are very different. And the money-making opportunities that do exist in the world are abundant. And I think that if you're open to them, then it continues to open further doors for you. Well said. Well said. Very well said. And yes, success appears to be an overnight thing until somebody really digs in and maybe scrolls all the way back five, six, seven years on your social media back yeah. to 
whenever it was to where you first started creating that content. So you've got some experience. You're clearly, you know, as you just said, you know, you've been doing personal development, chasing personal development, becoming, and then becoming the teacher, not only in the classroom for your students, but also out here as a life coach. What has it been like for you to be new at something? Because this is a little bit of a different thing. Talk to those people who are, let's relate to those people who are new a little bit right now in this moment and talk about how you approach being new at something again. Mm -hmm. I think when I was, so I just started in May and May 23rd, I, I clicked that $7 course and I, 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 I remember my first call with my advisor and I was like, I don't know what I clicked on. I don't know what this is all about, but sure, let's have a call and it was amazing and I just remember thinking I don't want this to be something else that I just try like I'm watching people and I'm scrolling back to the beginning of their journey with legendary and I'm being a student and I'm really paying attention to their learning journey all the while knowing that when I start this and I and I and I opened a new Instagram account and I wanted to really chronicle what it was that I was experiencing because what I was feeling was that I I'm not someone who was in network marketing and jumped around to different companies. I've been with the same company for for nine years and I and I kind of felt like I I owed it to them or to my team and that I was kind of like cheating on them and I was kind of leaving them in the lurch. And so I I tried to um, diplomatically kind of shift gears, but to also open up this conversation of I'm still in this company, but look at the opportunities that exist with affiliate marketing, that there are probably companies that you use and represent and that you could probably become an affiliate for and, and go down that rabbit hole with these companies. And so for someone who's brand new, I think, being open to being a learner and and always staying in that learning phase of life that once you start to kind of um, assume you know all the answers or close yourself off off to those opportunities i think that's when you get stuck and and it becomes very stagnant and you start to look at content that is critical and fearful and anxious and skeptical and they're out there but if you choose to not um focus on them, then you're going to have a much different experience. And so I, my husband probably rolled his eyes and I told him I was doing something else that I was, because I was, I already had a, a digital course created, but I had no way to put it out there to the world. I didn't know about digital marketing. I didn't know how to do those things. So he, he's very patient with me, but I, I just think being open to learning new opportunities is the best lane to be in when you're starting something new. Yeah. Well said. Very well said. Uh, you've been in this game for a while and, and you you clearly know how to start something with a humble mindset, a learner's mindset. Sometimes, let me just speak for me and men, our ego gets in the way. We don't want to be new at something. You know, we want to be comfortable. We want to, even if it sucks, even if we're not that successful, at least we know how to do what we're doing, right? At least yeah. to familiar to us. So going to a spouse or something like that, as you mentioned, can be a scary, intimidating thing. Sometimes we're more anxious about 
talking to our spouses and even recording videos inside of our home than we are about people out there, friends, extended family. So what do those conversations look like and how would you advise somebody who wants to start something new, who maybe has done other things in the past to approach a spouse about something like this? Um, we, we're very open with, um, just different opportunities that we want to explore. He's never done network marketing. Um, and we do own a decking franchise that was a big commitment and we had gone to like a convention fair and we were actually looking for something for me. It was a lot of food, ice cream shops. I was like, no, I'm not, that's not something I wanted to get into. And so we actually ended up happening upon this decking franchise and he's taken it on full steam and what we were finding is that he was he works full-time and he does this part-time i work full-time and i do whatever i'm doing part-time and up until may it was trying to you know get the team going with network marketing and trying to find the me out there that is really hard in network marketing finding someone who's like has the same work ethic as you and so i always I kind of felt like I was like, okay, I was off that day when I bought the course. And then I told him it was like $7 and I don't even know really what it's about. And, and he's like, okay, babe, well, whatever, whatever you do, like you're successful at it, you just do what you normally do. And so for us, the conversation is always around um, supporting one another and knowing that not everything's going to work, that there are financial investments in business and not all financial investments are going to see a return. And sometimes you have to take those risks. And so I know that's a hard conversation for some couples to have. Um, and I and I think that that if you are, you know, in a number of different opportunities or, or, you know, businesses, and you're not seeing those returns, then that can be, you know, that can add some stress. So looking for things that are a little low risk, $7 is very small risk. And I knew that the skills that I was watching other people learn and they were applying because I was watching their journeys. Then you're, you, you, you learn that when you're open to those kinds of things, then those conversations with your spouse, hopefully are, you know, let them watch those journeys, let them watch other people who are successful. And maybe it'll be a little bit easier of a conversation. Yeah, I was just talking to an, a nonprofit in my town that I enjoy working with, and we were talking about um, the power of a third-party testimonial, that they can be out there beating their drum all you want, but the power of one successful client, where in this world it's a little bit more difficult to get because it's people's health care and, and it's people's private lives and oftentimes their crisis or their struggle, but they, they, were, they had a new story that was done on them, and they had a client who was willing to, to share their story. And it was just a game changer for their messaging and for their brand. And so I agree with that. Showing third-party success, not having it always have to come from you, um, showing your spouse other people's examples and successes, and helping them to sort of see where you where you want to go with this can be very helpful. You also, I can see, invested in our blueprints and invested in, in your ed education. So at what point do you, even with a spouse, obviously, you, you know, 
everybody has to make their own decision about, you know, how you want to navigate your relationship and your finances And every couple might handle their finances differently. So we're, we're not here to, and I'm not never here to create a rule, right? Or this is how you should do it. But for you, at what point do you not particularly no longer need permission or validation from anyone, including a spouse, because of mm -hmm. course they may not fully understand your vision. At what point do you say, this is what I'm doing. It's going to, I'm going to invest in myself, even if you don't understand it, because of course $7 is a coffee. But when we're talking about a few thousand dollars and somebody hasn't yet seen results or they're just getting started, that can be a, a, a that can be a larger leap of faith. So how do you approach investing in yourself to the tune of sometimes thousands of dollars as well as a time commitment, of course, before you've got results? Right. Um, because it is it is an investment, both financially and time. Right. And 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 there those are two com commodities that are that are hard to come by these days. And so for me, it was an awareness that this was something that I was lacking in a skill, especially when it comes to consulting work and um, creating any sort of mastermind. And I'm not, you know, not talking about having a Facebook group, but actually creating an experience for somebody. Those were, are things that I've always thought about and they were missing in my profile or in my portfolio of, of things that I have learned to do. And so I knew that as soon as I sat down with my advisor and was talking, and I had no idea, actually, and I talked to people who were like, no, I just got off my call and it's a huge upsell and that. And, and that was never my experience because I didn't go into it feeling like there wasn't going to be a further investment in my business. And so the conversation was... <laughs> I'm not, I'm actually going to try and Google it. I'm going to, I'm just going to do it on my own. And that really was, I was just going to like try and figure it out. And, and I was just going to start with affiliate marketing and I was just going to take what I was learning in the 15 day challenge. And I was just going to, that was going to be it. And, but it just, I just kept going back to the fact that I wanted to learn something that I didn't already know more than just affiliate marketing. And that it was something that I knew that I was going to, yes, apply in my life implement in my life and I knew that I would make money at it but I also knew that it was going to add to my knowledge and I really think that that needs to be something that people really recognize that the investment in the the skill set that you are learning is invaluable and I know that it's hard when there's a price tag on it and people can't always afford those things I'm always like it's tax right off like it's with your business what you you need to invest in business for your business to have any sort of return. And I think the time that you would spend Googling it and going on YouTube and figuring out all the ways that people are doing it is a waste of your time. I don't think, I think that is a time investment. When you do purchase something that requires you to sit away from your teens and your dog and your husband, and you need to invest in the time, it needs to be worth it. And you, it, 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 you need to see, kind of see the bigger picture. And so that's the attitude that I was going into it. This was the end of the school year. Our school year doesn't end until June. We don't start until the beginning of September. And it was busy. It was really busy. My, my daughter just graduated from, from high school and we had all the things going on. And I was just 
committing to a couple of like half hour sessions hour here and there to really dig into that content and I don't regret it at all. Yeah, that's that's really that's really a great approach to uh, investing in yourself and it's 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 uncomfortable if you don't do it if you're not used to it, you know? It's like it's a cost. It's not an investment, it's a cost. Everything's a cost, right? And that's really when when we pay attention to our thoughts, it really we realize, "Oh my gosh, I have totally been I have totally been groomed by society and my previous caretakers, maybe by no fault of their own to think like this. Yeah. And the, the way that I think, which is so radically different than many of the people that I, I talk to and know is, for example, I love a great sales pitch. I love for people to sell me. I love for people to give me the full blown experience and tell me all of my options. And the reason is, is because I have built up the self-confidence and the, and the internal security that I am in control of my wallet. Ultimately, nobody can go into my pocket, especially not through a computer, and make me do something that I don't want to do or don't feel is in my best interest. So it, it, it's, it's almost like sort of like we, I almost look at it like, like here in America, you have your right, right? And, and you have that pretty much in every country. You have your right, right? You have a right to freedom of speech. You have a right to bear arms. You have a right to you know, be free and have liberty. And I also feel like it's a right of mine as a consumer to allow a business or a salesperson to fully inform me. And even try to persuade me because I can use my own common sense and critical thinking skills to determine, is this person blowing smoke up my ass? Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, is all you got to do is tap into that good old gut that we all have. And if it feels icky and it feels weird and it doesn't feel like a fit, then maybe sleep on it or don't jump right in. Don't be impulsive. But so often I think we prejudge things and we're groomed and trained by society to do this. The moment that money comes up, the whole room gets uncomfortable. And how the hell are we ever going to attract an abundance of money into our life if every single time that money comes up, we get super uncomfortable? Um, what comes up for you as I talk about limiting beliefs around money? You know, it's interesting because... I, I talk, I'm talking, I talk to a lot of people, a lot of my conversations don't happen in comments or like, in a in a public forum so much like, I don't have a lot of followers, there's not a whole lot of engagement on my things, but I'm in messenger and I voice message a lot of people. I'm kind of the joke in my girlfriend group, because I'm always voice messaging. And I think when you start to apply price tags to things, people automatically think of how hard they've had to work to make that amount of money. And rightfully so. But what I'm noticing is, as I have gone down this path, and I have been able to create some passive income, which has been amazing. I'm comparing the work that I'm doing to how hard I have to work to make that same amount or less in the classroom. And they don't compare like the job that I do in the classroom is freaking hard. And post pandemic teaching is not, 
it's crazy. And so I know how hard I have to work for that every two week paycheck. And now I'm making that in a couple of days sometimes, depending on how things are going. And that is a hard concept for people to wrap their head around because they're relating it to what they have learned about how we make money and how hard they have to work to make money to pay their bills. And when you start to kind of go down this path where there is an abundance and you have skills that you can create, say, digital products or what have you, and your your financial reality can shift, but we're stuck in this mindset of every two weeks you get a paycheck and you make a pension contribution and you got to pay your medical and you got to pay all the things that make you an adult. But when you're presented with something that is a little bit different then you think that gut instinct is warning you when maybe it's you know exciting you maybe it's a little bit different because it's something that you've wanted to do so my gut instinct is like yours when I sat down and was sold the blueprints it was exciting to me I was like okay how does this work where's the platform how do I is it dripped out is it because I've already done coursework before I've already created a course I went into it with a different kind of mindset but that's not to say someone who hasn't had that experience can go into that with a very open mind rather than being kind of closed off and I can't afford it. You actually don't really understand what you're amazing, maybe closing yourself off to. Well said. And there's also value in just the experience, right? It's not always about how fast am I going to make my money back, which is so commonly our question. And it's the most simplest kind of lowest level. And if you're asking that question, that's not to shame or blame you or make you make, I don't judge you for that. I just wonder if when I buy, for example, a, a, a watch, right? Like this morning I have a full gold Daytona on, not, not bragging, just saying, right? I love watches. I don't have a bunch of cars. I don't have like a bunch of, a, this is something that I love, right? Why? Well, because they're easier to take care of, right? Bunch of cars. That's a that's a that's a job, right? Um, mm -hmm. I have quite a few very expensive watches, and somebody might look at one of my watches and say, "How in the hell is that worth X amount of dollars?" Right? I mean, I can get a hundred dollar Seiko from Walmart, but for me, there's elements that that person may not understand about why I might drop fifty or hundred thousand dollars on a timepiece, right? First of all. A Rolex, for example, holds its value, right? So there's there's value retention there. And this was my point of getting to the enjoyment of the process. When you invest in education, you're sort of investing in an experience. And a lot of times we don't value that properly. When I get to look down at a timepiece and, and enjoy the beauty, the absolute epic, handcrafted, artisanal craftsmanship, right? The, 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 um, the beauty of it. Every single time I look down and I get a little hit of dopamine, for example, or a little kind of, you know, good feeling that's valuable. That's worth something to me. Right? So imagine this, if I can buy something like a timepiece, it's a great asset retention thing. So it sort of diversifies my investments. It's not all real estate. It's not all equities. It's not all cash in the bank. It's diversified. And I get to look down at it as many times a day as I want and get actual happiness from it. And 
when I get tired of it or bored with it, I can sell it and make the majority, if not more money back. It would be silly for me to just ask the question, well, how much would I be able to sell it for if I buy it? Mm. Right. Yeah. right. Similar to when we buy education, well, how fast can I make my money back? It's like mm -hmm. we're not really valuing the experience of getting excited about something again, dreaming, imagining, um, feeling alive again, whereas maybe we hadn't felt that in our job for a long time. We're not valuing the community and the connections and the new friends that we're going to make along the way, right? We're not valuing, um, you know, how big this really can get us, like how far we really can take this. A lot of times, again, we're just saying, how fast can I make my money back? And so there's a lot of different things that I think that as we get into this habit of investing in ourselves and getting into personal development and in really seeing that there's so much like a $2,500 price tag is, as I like to say, a freckle on the pimple of a gnat's ass compared to what you could get out of an yeah. experience like this. And as they've always told me, for example, in recovery and stuff like that, you're going to get out, Dave, of this experience, what you put into it. You're yeah. not going to just sign up and put your money down, sit back, and your computer is going to spit out $100 bills every time you turn it on. It's not like that. And as a business owner, and of course, a teacher you just mentioned, which, yeah, duh, you guys are way underpaid. It's the most ridiculous thing actually on earth that happens is the amount of money that our teachers make. But when you also compare something like this with where the main real costs are really your education, but we have really low to no cost tools that we use to kind of get this up and going. Compare this to your franchise business that you mm -hmm. probably had significant franchise fees, tools. It sounds like, a, did you say decking? So decking, is yeah. and tools and things that need to be yeah. bought. Sometimes we think going the, and, and oh, by the way, you got to show up and do the manual labor and install yeah. deck, right? Where, you know, you and I are sitting here in the AC with carpet under our feet doing this business. How does this compare to a normal traditional brick and mortar business. And this is not to throw dirt on that. Your husband no. and is very proud of it, but mm -hmm. you, you have the experience of that as well. Yeah. And in the, in the challenge there, the first couple of days when you compare like network marketing to brick and mortar and to franchise, like that was, I love the way that, that was laid out because it was really eye opening when you start to look at the time that you're trading for, the job that you're doing. And my husband does it part-time actually. And he does all the selling and the designing of the decks and we have carpenter teams. Um, it's actually working out. It's, it's great, but it's a huge financial investment. There's two tra trailers that are full of to tools and there's time away from family. And there's there was a huge learning curve there for him. And, and he was so nervous to go to his first visit and, and having to survey the land and things that he was very excited to do. And now does with like that, that part doesn't bother him. And so that investment of, of the learning experience that he has experienced um it, it the, the the financial um 
thing that the, the, the investment that we had to do for that business compared to what I'm doing while I'm sitting on my phone, they don't compare. They just don't compare. And I think everyone in their own right is looking forward to what they, they are, they have their own zone of genius. And so when he came to me with this idea, I was like, what are you talking about? We don't, you don't know how to build decks. Like that's not, that's not in your zone of genius, but he was like, I'm going to go for it anyway. And so that's exciting to both of us to have that kind of, um, I don't even think it's necessarily just an entrepreneurial spirit. I think it's learning something new. And when you're spending your time, I don't know, just scrolling on social media, watching people do that, like you, you just compare yourself to them and you do are, you're in the doldrums of work. And, and as a teacher, you do said, spend your time learning new things and sitting in personal development and professional development, I should say. And so when I approach people about something like this there we call them yeah buts in our house yeah but I can't yeah but I have I I don't want anything in the evenings like I just need to relax and I, and my mindset is no do something different in the evening that you can build your skill set so that you can do something you don't have to want to leave your career you don't have to want to make a certain amount of money just learn a different skill set is extremely valuable I love that I love that you, you, the yeah buts the, yeah, uh, but, yeah, we all have them. It's so interesting. I mean, you have experience from obviously that traditional, you know, sort of more brick and mortar business. And I love that the fact that your husband took that on with limited kind of knowledge around that, but just it made sense. Like he looked at the business model, obviously heard the pitch around the franchise model and, and was like, yeah, like this makes sense. Like I can do this. I can figure this out. It's outable. Yeah. You also have the experience of working in the traditional workforce, but also going to college, right? And getting a degree in sort of that traditional sort of financial, or excuse me, um, that traditional education process. If, if somebody, which we're all, I feel like, always looking for like that next level, if somebody was considering going back to college or something, but they didn't know what they really wanted to do, or they were thinking about taking the time to learn these digital marketing skills, which it's not just about copywriting. It's, of course, learning how to be on video. It's learning how to use social media. Like, what advice would you give to somebody who's looking for that kind of next step in their life? Obviously, there's going to be education and a learning curve no matter what they do. How would you answer that question to somebody if they were like, what would you do? And what direction do you think I should take? Well, I have a 17-year-old daughter who just graduated from high school and for the longest time stuttered around what she wanted to do next, had gotten into the schools that she had applied for, is very bright, but just didn't know what she wanted to do. And finally said, I think I want to take a gap year. I think she was very nervous to tell us that because she thought that we were going to say, no, you have to go to university because that was the message to us when we finished high school. Um, and so I think the expense of university, whether you're staying home or you're going away, is astronomical. And I think if you're really not sure of what you want to do, then taking a, starting a degree just because you think that's what you're supposed to do is probably not the best thing to do. Um, but if I had somebody who was interested, in fact, I do, I do have somebody who's interested, who's, who, who is taking this course and she's one of the people that have signed up with me and she wants to get into digital marketing. And 
the conversation is always around do i do i go back to university or do i kind of learn some skills here and i don't have a business degree so i don't know what a business degree necessarily um, offers when you look at a three or four year degree and i know the cost but i don't know what the courses would be and the skills and the skill set that i now have now since may just the digital skills blow me away and so i would hate to kind of divert somebody away from going to university and be the person to talk them out of that. I would say if you're open to learning new skills in this space, you have no idea the opportunities that are probably going to exist in the next couple of years that we, we just, we can't even think of them. Like with all of the changes with AI and the way that business transactions happen and the way that courses are built and consumed we don't even know what the jobs are going to be. So you enter a three or four year degree and then you come out. I don't, I know the curriculum that I'm teaching. I know the curriculum that I have access to and it is very outdated. So I can only imagine if I was a young adult looking to go to university, how different it's going to be in four or five years. We can't even think about how different it's going to be because we don't even understand it probably. I, I, I love your experience of, of reminding us that a lot of the things that you learned when you got your degree in teaching have now probably evolved, right? And oh, yeah. that's one of the reasons why so many professionals do continuing education yeah. because you're, that's the place where you do get up to date with all the newest stuff. And as a professional who already invested in a, degree, usually to the tune of tens of thousands, mm. in some cases, hundreds of thousands of dollars, depending on where you went and how long you went, to then have to have continuing education. Guess what? That continuing education is also usually at a cost as well. Now, sometimes your company will pay for it, but sometimes they won't. And so there's always going to be an investment. And I think it's all about choosing your hard you know, it's not going to be easy. No path is going to be easy, but choose your heart and be open, at least in my opinion, to learning however and wherever. I often call these skills that we teach here transferable skills, meaning that what we're teaching here is transferable even to your job. We have several teachers who have taken these skill sets and actually brought them back into their classroom to sort of begin to teach their, their, their students how to get comfortable, like how to understand how the hell the internet works. Mm -hmm. you know, what, what, why would somebody be creating a video? We had a guest on a couple of a week or so ago that was like, yeah, now that I've learned this, everything on the internet now makes sense. Right. You know, I realize why people are creating all these videos. I understand now that the link in the description that they're pointing me to is an affiliate link. Right. <laughs> I didn't under, I didn't get it. I just thought that they were just nicely and politely just mm -hmm. pointing me in the direction where I, but no, they're doing it because yes, they're providing value to you and, yeah. and they're getting paid for that mm -hmm. right right yeah yeah so even getting on video is in is is another transferable skill folks cannot convince me with, with by any means that they may try 
that being on video and having the ability to communicate on video, many of you, I, I see your comments and I've had this question and I think we all had this question when we first came into this. Can I do this without showing my face? Yeah. And certainly there's strategies for you to do this without showing your face. And how much do you think it's going to impact your value in your earning potential, no matter what you do and where you go, to learn how to feel comfortable and communicate powerfully in your own power, not mm -hmm. somebody else's, but communicate well and persuasively and powerfully on video. That, my friends, is only, and it's been hot for many, many years now, but that is really only just beginning. Do you agree with that? And what I, comes I, I talk I about? Do. And I do have some people who are asking me, do I have to show my face? And they compare to, they just watch what I'm doing in reels and stories or just still shots or what have you. And I... I just, and I'll coach them through that. And, and my, my end goal is to try to talk them out of that and try to get them comfortable. Um, if you're in, you know, private groups, then go live in private, private groups and get comfortable with seeing your face on camera and stories. They're gone in 24 hours. Like the, the thoughts and the, the, the skepticism that we have created in our brains that other people are judging us isn't real. They're not. They're, they, they, may, they might be saying, wow, I wish I could do that. But they're not judging you the way that you think that they're judging you. And then enters in the need for doing professional personal development so that you are working on that mindset. And I do think that if you have a business Facebook page, go live every day. Go live for five minutes and just share something. I always tell people, if you're doing personal development, share what you're learning because you're probably learning something that someone else is going to resonate with and it's going to be easy for you to talk to because it has impacted your life. And the more comfortable you get talking on camera, the more you realize it's not that big a deal. It's that you have this idea in your head that it's really difficult and that's just something you've kind of made up. But the value that you're providing somebody, that can be why you go live or that you do share a video and, and what they take away from that is invaluable. Yeah. And that's a great tip for content creation. It's like, well, where do I get started? How do I start, you know, how do I start uh, making videos? What do I talk about? And, you know, we talk about this all throughout our coaching and our curriculum and at our events. It's there's, there's a never ending amount of conversations that we have. And even here on wake up legendary about how to start creating content and what topics are a good idea. Um, no matter what niche you're in, it's actually kind of all the same, whatever is going to be valuable for the person on the other side to hear that's going to help them. For example, in the marketing industry or the make money online industry, which I've been in now for over a decade, what is valuable for people to hear is tests that I've done, right? Mm -hmm. Things that worked well, that I've experienced. Um, they also like to hear things that didn't work well, too. It's not always about putting on the you know, the perfect highlight reel, but it's also letting people know that you're human, that mm. you try to fail and here's what to avoid. Hey, I lost money doing this or I, you know, I, I, I procrastinated. One of the most common 
stories that people tell on this show all the time is I wish I would have got started sooner. Mm. You know, I sat, sat around and waited for months and it probably cost me, you know, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of dollars to do so. If I actually look at what I'm making now that I finally just put all my fears aside. Um, so the same thing happens, you know, the same thing applies to any niche. What have you done that has worked? If you're in the dog training niche, what, how have you, what tips do you have based on your experience working with dogs or what you've learned about working with dogs that you could create a quick 30 or second video on? I see people also who are in the um, cooking and or, um, you know, sort of kitchen culinary niche. Well, what are they doing? They, I've got one particular friend who's just getting started and is, 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 is creating content around how he prepares meat and, um, and marinades it. And, 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 you know, and, and he actually is selling a physical product. He's selling a marinade, right? But the same concept applies. You know, it's not as powerful because you can't taste it. It's kind mm -hmm. of sell something. That's one of the reasons why I'm not a huge fan of physical products, right? It's just difficult to communicate that in, in, you know, on, on a screen, you kind of got, got to be in person and hand out samples. But the point is, is that he's still delivering value to his audience by showing them how to prepare it. So yeah. it's not like just buy this thing in whatever, He's giving them a visual of how he actually prepares it, marinates it, even cuts the meat, how he grills it. And then, of course, you can show the finished product. And that is one thing that your imagination can sort of makes your mouth water when you see a juicy right. steak that was cooked and then you, you see it being cut. So those demonstrations, for, for me, um, one of the most powerful things has always just been, and I started out, not talking about money, not talking about how much money I made or anything like that, because just like you, when I first started, I hadn't made any money yet, but I was mm -hmm. talking about digital marketing skills. I was talking about affiliate marketing. I was talking about generating leads online. So I started to actually generate leads online and using AWeber, I would generate two leads. I would generate three leads, five leads in a day, nothing crazy. But then I was actually talking to network marketers when I first came online and I would create videos and tell them, hey, how would you like to generate five fresh quality leads into your business every single day and become the hunted rather than the hunter? Right. right. And then I would tell a brief little story. Right. That might be the hook. Right. And then I would tell a brief little story like, you know, for for a long time in network marketing, I've kind of gone around and I've sort of collected or handed out business cards. And this is just a, a construction uh, person that gave me their business card. I'll, I'll probably throw it away because I, I don't keep business cards. I'll just put it in my phone or whatever. But it happens to be sitting here on my desk. And I would tell the story that I used to collect business cards and, or I would hand out business cards. And I never got a call. Never mm. checked single freaking lead from the, the hundreds or whatever business cards that I handed out to people. But I can show you some strategies that can help you to develop and generate maybe even one or two. But I'm showing you proof right here of the five leads that I generated yesterday. And if you'd like to learn how to do that, just simply e enter your email into the space below and I'll send you the free report. 
or I have yeah. a free training video on the next page that'll show you kind of how I do it, right? And right. It, it doesn't right. have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be some crazy, huge claim or result that I'm showing. It's just something really simple and really basic that would be valuable to the person who's listening. What comes up for you when I talk about content creation? How did you start creating videos that, you know, that, that began to deliver value and what are some of the mistakes that you've made along the way that you, that you've learned from? Um, I think what I started to do was follow the person I signed up with and a couple of people that I saw commenting on her things. And I was scrolling back to the very beginning of their journey and it wasn't that far back at that point. And I just wanted to see how they were sharing information. And for me, I resonate more with videos that are teaching the changes in my thoughts and in my experience. And so that I'm sharing information around a new platform that I'm learning or um, whenever my husband would say, you give away things for free, my biggest yeah, but was that I didn't know how to collect a name and I didn't know how to collect an email address. I didn't know how they made that happen. Like I didn't have the software to make that happen. Didn't realize I was talking about digital marketing. And so now when I'm creating content, I'm really trying to, Think of me when I didn't know what I was talking about and educating on what is affiliate marketing, teaching people about promoting other people's products, and that the digital marketing really is the back end collecting names, email addresses, so that you have an interested audience and you are sharing what you have available for those people. And so I try to create content around the fact that like I don't spend any time on websites. I, websites I think are obsolete. I don't I don't spend any time. I'm in Facebook, I'm on social media in some capacity, or I am now creating these back-end experiences. But as a consumer, we are on social media or or we're in a sales funnel that you can make feel like a web page, but the the costs of having a web page and all of the recurring things that come up with with the having websites run smoothly, digital marketing, teaching people what that is, is where I think the content creation for people who don't know what it is, that speaks to me more than even creating videos on super simple side hustles. Like those never really spoke to me in a way that taught me a skill that I was going to turn around and actually utilize. Like I, I'm probably not going to go tutor and I'm probably not going to go do reviews, even though they are legit. I just, that, that creating that content never felt like I aligned with that. I really wanted to speak to women who work full-time or don't, who don't have a lot of time on their hands, who have stressful careers. And I work a lot with teachers and nurses. And a lot of the people that I've worked even through network marketing are teachers and nurses um, who have a desire for something different. They feel like they have, they're meant for more. And that's not to say that that they don't love their job as a teacher or that they want to necessarily walk away from it, but that they just, there's in the, in the time of the day when they have a little bit of wiggle room. And for me, that's usually first thing in the morning, I'm up hours before I had you to go to work because of the demands in the evening and creating content so that I'm sharing that lifestyle with other people. So that they see themselves in what I'm doing mm -hmm. is really the, 
the goal of any kind of post that I put out there for content creation. And then when I, when I do have them in any sort of email campaign is they're there for a reason, right? They've clicked on my link for a reason. They're getting information. And so I'm actively educating them around what it is that I have to offer and what the skills are that I have learned so that they can see themselves in, in that experience as well. Yeah. Well said. And this is the business model here and kind of what we're teaching is probably a lot simpler than what you who are listening right now and are just getting started or may have been here for a while but are overcomplicating might think that it is. It really boils down to just lead generation. And if you put all of the back end stuff like what what's going to be on my bridge page or like what like what product am I am I going to promote? Like we have something called the fishing formula business plan. And if you just kind of think about the first like four steps, which is just basically like if you put it in terms of fishing, like who are the species that I'm going to target today, right? Like am I going to go out and fish for like sharks or am I going to go fish for grouper? Totally different application, right? They may, they're probably also in different waters, right? Some may be closer to shore. Some are going to be in deeper water. So you need to get clear. Who am I targeting? Where do they hang out? How do I get them to come to the boat? Like I was talking with a guy the other day, um, a, a, a contractor, and he he wanted. We were talking about fishing, and we were talking about a specific species of fish that's fun to catch around here called mangrove snapper. And he was like, "But those are kind of hard to catch." And I was like, "Well, I've figured out a little trick to get them to kind of get frenzied up, and that's to get a big stinky chum block, which is a bunch of fish guts and stuff like that." and put, put a weight in it and drop it down to the bottom of the ocean. And man, that thing, that gets them coming. Like sometimes grouper won't come out of their holes to go to. So you got to kind of go to them and know where mm -hmm. they're grouper in ledges. And they're also in hard bottom, kind of like it looks like Swiss cheese on the bottom. And so you kind of got to drop the bait sort of where they're at, but the mangrove snapper if you drop a big, nasty, stinky chum block down there, you'll get them coming to your boat. You'll get them frenzied up down there on the bottom. And then you just drip, drop shrimp down there and it's, and it's, it's, it's like game over. Right. It's just, so how can I get these people that I'm targeting to sort of get frenzied up around my content, like be dropping mm -hmm. comments. Right. And, and, and the way is, is that's my content that I'm creating. Like my chum block is what I'm saying in my videos. And then what bait am I using? You know, just using an analogy here. The reason why we use the fishing formula analogy is because it's analogy and there's nothing more powerful than the perfect analogy when you're explaining something to somebody. And so if I was to drop down a piece of bologna or a pinfish, right, or a chicken leg, or a, a plastic lure down on those mangrove snapper, they wouldn't bite it. Right. It's shrimp, that they love shrimp. So I have to use the perfect bait in order to bring them up in. And so that would be whatever you're giving away on your landing page. Is that an ebook? What is the thing that if you're talking about how to generate an extra five leads a day in your videos and you create a lot of content around like just helping somebody learn how to generate leads, which by the way is timeless content is a no brainer. Some of the best stuff that you'll ever create. And it works in any niche, at least in any niche where you're talking to kind of business owners. And so 
if I create, I'm going to give you a, a 15 minute video, or I'm going to give you a three, three minute video, or I'm going to give you a PDF download that's going to kind of show you how I generate leads and what are some of the tools that I use, man, that's the perfect bait for somebody. They're going to be willing to give you that email address, which is really not a big deal to most people, right? Yeah. They're giving out their email address all the time anyways. Um, it's not a big deal if it's something that's irresistible, if it's something that really fits within what you were just talking about that sort of answers the, the problem. Because the thing with the fish in the chum block is it doesn't, it doesn't really fill their belly. Right. It just stinks and it kind of gets their attention and there are some particles that are coming out of the bag, but it's not like a full bite, right? Whereas when they see that big, tasty, juicy shrimp, they're like, oh, oh yeah, daddy. That. Yeah. That's a stomach full right there. And so that's kind of what your PDF is or your free gift or whatever it is that you're, and we talk about the different kinds of gifts you can give away in our training, but this is just a little bit of an overview. And it, it really is a simple process that really just starts with kind of dialing in that front end of that fishing formula, which I just went through here in a few minutes. Um, and, and if you do that and you continue to work on that, the truth is, is that whatever you're selling or whatever you're promoting as an affiliate, or if you have a course or a coaching program or something, if they got enough value on that front end in those first four steps, a certain percentage of them are going to convert. Yeah. It's a, it's a numbers game, not a hundred percent. And you have to do it for long enough to figure out what your conversion percentage looks like. And it might be a little lower some months. It might be a little higher. It's likely going to be based on how well you know your target species, if you're fishing in the right waters, if you've used the right chum to get them frenzied up around your content, and then if you're giving away a valuable enough giveaway, i.e. free bait, if they've gotten enough value up until that point for free, then a, 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 a decent percentage of them are going to take that next step. And that is just how lead generation and marketing and sales really works in any industry. As I break that down, it's obviously yeah. can be complicated to implement. It's easier said than done. But what comes up for you? Is that the big light bulb thing that you were kind of missing in your previous ventures? It definitely was what was missing. And I think even when you explain it for someone who hasn't implemented all of steps, it sounds bigger than it is. Like it sounds more overwhelming than it is. It's very important, but I think it's when I was learning it, I was like so confused. I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see the forest through the trees. And so when you start to kind of implement and you really take that fishing analogy and you start to think of who you are targeting and you recognize that social media is very busy and that if you want to actually sell to people that you're trying to talk to on social media, you do need to draw them into your, as a lead, give them something for free and then continue to build that relationship that way. And, and that was definitely a missing piece for me. And what I've come to realize is that it really doesn't matter what area you're working it doesn't matter what your niche is it you can you can work with people from any area even if you pick one as you go through this challenge you can you can start to think of the things that i always tell people that you think things are mon mundane but you can monetize the mundane you can you can 
teach somebody a new skill. My husband's really good with, um, we have solar panels and we have a heating system and, and he, he really lowered the R rating of our house. And I mean, you need to put that in a course. People, people want to save money. They want to understand why their heating costs are so high. They want to understand their bills and you think it's easy because you do it. Other people don't. So you're providing a, a solution for somebody. And that process that you teach with the fish, fishing analogy, you learn it once and you have a skill set for ever. Now you're muted. <laughs> what advice would you give yourself, Christine, that you needed to hear when you started this journey in May, obviously you can go wherever you want with this question. You can go back as far as you want. I'd love mm -hmm. for you to trickle in some mindset stuff that you've, that you maybe even you needed to know when you very first started this entrepreneur journey, but what advice knowing what you know now, having the experience that you have now and the confidence that you have now, the results to know that what, that you're capable that you can do this, that your potential is not even remotely tapped in or fulfilled yet. What advice would you give yourself when you first got started? Um, I would probably tell myself that it's okay to shift gears and that I really struggled with the network marketing versus affiliate marketing, like what the difference is. And I feel like in the beginning when I, I, so I started really watching people in February, but so it wasn't until May that I was like, all right, it's $7. Like, what do you, you're, you can invest in that. But I think what I was struggling with is knowing that I have a team, a small team, not a big team in network marketing. You would think it'd be bigger after 10 years, but it's not. Um, but I was struggling with feeling like mm -hmm. I was leaving them in the lurch and knowing that my own experience with my own health and wellness, with changes that I've experienced in my own physical abilities and all of the package that that includes, I had identified and I had myself, for lack of a better word, convinced that this area of business, this network marketing business that I was doing, that if I shifted gears away from that, that I was somehow saying that that business and that experience wasn't valuable and that I felt like I was turning my back on it. And what I what I know now is that the work that I've done throughout the last 10 years on my mindset and on being a learner and being in that learning phase of life can take you anywhere and you really can do anything you set your mind to. You have to be willing to put yourself out there. Yes, maybe invest some money, but invest the time and invest the the desire to want to work on something yourself and maybe coach people along the way to kind of help them see that it's it's worth it. And even if you think you're failing at one thing, like I felt like I was like, oh, I guess I'm telling the world that I failed at, at this network marketing venture when really it's just that I'm taking a lot of those skills and adding to that portfolio of, of being able to do whatever I want. God, I felt that so deeply. <laughs> I did because we so often feel like we're abandoning something or people when we move on or add something additional to our life. And when we finally follow through with it, we realize that that change was needed for me to go to the next level in order to even 
provide more value to the existing people who are in my life currently. If I'm not growing, then if, and if I'm not getting fed, how can I continue to feed others? And mm. I think it's so crazy. What's coming up for me is also after you saying yeah, that is, is, is what, what else is coming up for me is the fact that so often we, um, judge people's and assume what people are thinking about us. And that holds us back. And when we just go forward, we realize that it's, it's not that big of a deal. Is everybody still able to hear me? I kind of, I think Christine froze or I froze either way, my friends. Okay. Hopefully it's just me on my end. Um, this has been a, a an absolutely wonderful and, and completely um, motivational for me uh, morning, as it is so many mornings. And so um, I want to thank Christine. Uh, she may have had some internet issues. Who knows? Maybe I'm having some internet issues, but we've come to the end of this episode, and I want to just thank Christine. Uh, looks like she may have hopped back on here. <laughs> Did I, I lose you? I you went know. and then I went. <laughs> yeah. It's just, you know, the world is, is the, 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 the interwebs are just a crazy place sometimes. Yeah. I, I was just saying that so often we, it's so crazy how we judge others and what they're thinking about us and, and thinking that they're going to think that we're abandoning them or something like that. When really the majority of the time, People are inspired by us continuing to add to our both our knowledge and also our business. And mm -hmm. I've rarely ever been spot on when I'm sort of coming from a place of like fear or lack mentality. Like I'm like I'm worried about what somebody's going to think. I've rarely ever been spot on about what they're actually thinking. So thank right. you, thank you for that reminder. So powerful. Mm -hmm. This conversation has been absolutely just heart filling and inspirational for me this morning. This is why I love to do this show. This is why I love to talk to people. And I think that a lot of our audience may not realize that when we get on these shows in the morning, I've never talked to our guest. I had never talked to you. I kind of got on this morning about 30 seconds before we went live and I just said, ready to rock and roll. Right. Yeah. And I was were, like, Ooh. <laughs> I said you were born for this, right? And we went yeah. Live. And this is just also the power of authentic, transparent conversation in the marketplace, which is what people really want. And I hope that this inspires all of you listening to take a risk and to just take that leap of faith that to go live, to post that video, to get out of other people's heads because you're never going to know what they're thinking anyways. If you're just guessing or assuming, you're always going to miss the mark and you're going to be disappointed in yourself. Whereas if you take the leap of faith and just roll the dice and just post the video or go live or do the thing or start something new or invest in yourself or just make the damn decision, right? You're yeah. going to build confidence. You're going to build self-esteem. It's going to be okay even if it's not perfect. And oh, by the way, it's never going to be perfect. And that, that is what you want. You want yeah. it to be real. You want it to be imperfect. 
And that's how you'll grow. And you're never going to get better unless you just start. And you'll be amazed at how much further along, how much more confident you are just a few months into doing it consistently, both learning and implementing consistently, just like I'm sure you are from May to August the leap, the growth that you've seen in yourself, obviously going back and looking at your stuff and kind of being aware of your journey a little bit since you're going to be a guest this morning. It's, I'm, it just always, it never ceases to amaze me how much you can accomplish and how much you can grow in such a short period of time. So thank you for your yeah. time this morning. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Come back and see me real soon and keep us posted on your journey. Okay. I will. Right. Thank you so much. All right. Talk to you later. Okay. Bye. All right, my friends, another amazing episode. Make sure to text the letters W-U-L to 813-296-8553. The words, it stands for Wake Up Legendary, W-U-L to 813-296-8553. If you want one of these hats, it's not a huge profit center for us. We're not doing it to make money. We sell we do, we eat our own cooking. We sell courses, coaching events, and we do affiliate marketing. But if you want a hat, if you want to wear a Be Legendary shirt, go to BeLegendary.shop, not .com, .shop, BeLegendary.shop, and pick something up. If you want to be featured on the show and we haven't yet reached out to you, you can go fill out our form and throw your name in the hat at LegendaryMarketer.com forward slash featured. If you do come on the show, you're not going to get any coaching. You're not going to get any warm-ups. You're not going to get any scripts. It's just going to be whatever the hell we end up talking about, just being real, just talking about whatever's going on in your business and learning from you and sharing genuine takeaways and experiences. And I can't wait to talk to each and every one of you who want to come on. And of course, go and follow Christine. Absolutely wonderful person and amazing show this morning. You can find her at The Impact Affiliate. Impact, I-M-P-A-C-T. The Impact Affiliate over on TikTok and Instagram. And that's a wrap. My friends, get the hell out of here. It's been a great morning. Stay legendary. And we'll see you back here tomorrow for another episode. Peace.